0: And happy Monday! Welcome to Life with Ed, the podcast. I'm Julia Worth, your host, a registered dietitian here in New Haven, Connecticut. And I'm so glad you're joining me. Um, if you're a returner, if you're a newcomer, um, either way, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And hopefully today you'll learn something. I just want to start off by saying congratulations. We made it. It's Monday. I know people normally say that on Friday, but honestly. I'm just glad I made it through the weekend. I worked uh, both days this weekend, and I know some people do that every weekend, but um, that is not always my norm. And man, it's really hard to get up on Monday morning when uh, you didn't like sleep much the other days. I feel like I'm back in college when I got like four hours of sleep almost every night and thought that was normal. But anyway, (laughs) um... I just want to say I got a lot of comments on last week's episode, and I'm so, so thankful for that. The more comments, the more emails, the more texts, whatever you way you want to contact me, um, the better. That's how we make this show better. So I do want to say I got some comments from men who have, um, you know, struggled with a similar issue when they were preparing for their wedding. And I, you know, yes, I, I didn't talk a lot about men um, they definitely can be affected by all the pressure for a wedding. My own dad told me, you know, he was trying to lose weight when, um, he was getting married. But what I was really emphasizing last week was, you know, the insane amounts of articles and news releases and, and just talk of like a woman needing to look perfect or be perfect for her wedding day. And so much of, um, you know, her life she's told like, well, As long as you're pretty on your wedding day, it's fine. And now that day is coming and it's like, well, what if I'm not pretty? So that's really, really what I was trying to address. And um, I'm not trying to take away from the fact that men can totally have similar issues. It's just much, much more common and and pressured uh, in women. Anyway, in my intro today, I wanted to get back to a little bit of why I started this podcast. So Ed, right? eating disorder. Um I have one. I definitely have one still and I think that's important to say. A lot of people think of illnesses as something that like you get over. You know, you have a cold and you get over it or you have the flu and you know eventually you get better even though that might be the worst week of your life. <laughs> I had the flu this November and honestly, I I was like too sick to even go to the bathroom. I was just, like whatever. <laughs> I'll just like have a full bladder for the whole day and not get out of bed. Um, but eating disorders are a little different. they They can definitely go into remission, right? Like so you don't think about it every day. You're not actively struggling with uh, thoughts of um, you know restriction or binging or whatever the the um, like symptoms or um, actions you have are. But um, it can come back anytime. It is, you know, kind of always in the in the back of your mind. It's always sort of part of you, um, and that doesn't mean you can't. Well, okay, let me step back. This is from my perspective, right? In my experience, so for me, it seems like it doesn't matter how how good I'm doing. You know, it's always kind of there. Um, Not maybe that. Not every day. It's not always an active thought, but like it can come back, trigger it at any time. And I just kind of want to address that because it's something I really have been struggling with lately. I am, you know, over 18 months free of ed relapses and that's amazing. It's crazy to say. Um, it, it doesn't feel like that should be real that I ever should have gotten to this point. There were times that I thought, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna be throwing up every day of my life and, you know, something terrible, um, Will happen, which happens to a lot of people. So it's amazing for me to say that I have not, you know, purged in um, over 18 months, but I still have had, you know, trouble and way, way less trouble. Like I actually didn't even realize that we'd gotten to 18 months until like a couple days after, which is a big you know, milestone, because I'm not thinking about how many days has it been? Like, how many more do we have? Like, has it been this many hours Um, all the time? But I am, you know, struggling sometimes. And I just want to bring that up because part of this podcast is to try to bring people with eating disorders together and to help them understand, you know, you're not alone, but also to communicate um, to everyone else and, and supporters of people with eating disorders that, you know, it's It's something that can always come back and like to say to someone oh you're all better now or like you're totally fine now can can feel really hurtful because you don't know if they're actually struggling with it a lot and I just want to bring up this example of me this evening so I had a great day super busy I worked for like 12 something hours straight but um, I was happy I like it I like what I do and then I Got home and who knows why, but I got stressed. I got overwhelmed. I, I just really, really wanted ice cream, and like that—that that may sound normal to some of you, but ice cream is is really one of the foods that I tended to binge on before purging. And I can totally have ice cream now, but it's hard for me to have it in the house in gallon form because I will literally just, you know, that will be gone uh, shortly. So when I had that feeling, I was like, okay, I need to get out of here. I like need to get out of the house. I was like shaking and, and upset. And I was like, you know what? I can't stay here because I'm going to eat ice cream or something else. And, and then, although that's fine, it's totally fine to have ice cream. I didn't want to give into that binge to then give into a purge later. So, I went on a walk. I called Tara, who uh, many of you probably know from the second episode. We vented about how terrible Ed is, how stupid it is, but also also how awesome it is that I was able to say, "You know what? I am having an ed behavior, and you know what? I know how to deal with that. I don't have to give in to it. And I don't have to be completely, you know, ed thought free." be ed behavior free so um just wanted to share that so all of you out there who you know maybe feel like i shouldn't have relapses anymore i shouldn't have those thoughts like i'm over it i did therapy i did treatment like i should be fine well yeah, we all should be fine right but there's days that we're not fine so uh don't feel bad the track coach from quinnipiac university her name is carolyn um she has so much to share about how she works with her athletes and how she encourages this really vulnerable population in um you know our day and age I guess it's teenage and college girls are you know the number one most affected group by eating disorder so this super vulnerable population who's also an athlete which is you know they're even more likely to have an eating disorder how does she keep them healthy and how does she you know really talk to them about these issues without you know, making them have one because sometimes even discussing it or saying like, you know, guys, it's important to eat well, uh, can cause problems. So I'm going to turn it over to her. I'm going to warn you. I went to her office. I don't know what was going on. It was back in March and uh, we ended up using the mic in my computer instead of the actual mic. So if it's a little scratchy or loud, um, that's what it is. Uh, I'm promise you from now on this is the this is the last episode that has weird like mic technical issues so bear with me if you have to turn up or down the volume i hope you can at least hear it um but yeah enjoy hello carolyn um thanks for coming on the podcast i'm here at quinnipiac university with carolyn martin and she's the head coach of cross country and track yes yeah um so when did you start running Um, I actually started running uh,
1: more seriously when I got to high school, Um, uh, but became interested when I was probably in middle school. My older brother was a runner, and so, you know, it caught my dad's attention, and that's what I was looking for, too. So (laughs) Um, I started getting interested when uh, I got to high school, though, more seriously.
0: Yeah. And so
1: did you run track, cross-country, in high school? Yes, I did. Um, All four years in high school I ran. didn't really run very much in middle school but kind of started a little bit during the middle school years and then got more interested when I got to high school and then I got hooked after my freshman year and so.
0: In college college,
1: or high school? Um, In high school after freshman year in high school I got really hooked and wanted to do it as much as possible and yeah (laughs) uh, did all three seasons cross country indoor and outdoor track. And when you got to college you went to Quinnipiac? I did yes. Yeah and you ran here? Yeah, I was an alum uh, at the time. Sean Green was our coach. Uh, he was a new young coach. I actually was recruited by Deb Givalero, um and Roy Harrison. They were here before Sean, and, okay. and when Sean took over, um, he—you know—I was his—I was his—I was a sophomore at the time when he took over, and uh, he was great. He did a great job. He really built the program up. Um, him and Roy Harrison, and they were a good team.
0: Awesome. So I know a lot of times, like, coaches are sort of our go-to for nutrition advice when we're in, like, high school um, and in college, too, although that's changing a little now that we have more dietitians in in sports, Um, but did you ever get, like, nutrition advice from your coaches in high school, or did they talk to you about food at all?
1: Um, Absolutely. Um, In fact, my high school coach, um, I worked with both the men's and the women's coach at my high school program, and they were really, um, really good at kind of looking at all the aspects of running. So it was all about getting the most sleep you could get, um, getting the best food that you could get. And they talked about all aspects of, you know, training and refueling and my, um, the men's coach was actually a really kind of a stickler of always trying to make sure that we got what we need at practice, we used to have breakfast, Sunday morning, when we did long runs after breakfast, oh, wow. yeah, that's the- <laughs> very intense for high school. <laughs> it wasn't a crazy breakfast; it was cereal, but we had to have our bowl of cereal, um, a cup of orange juice, and each class was responsible for bringing the orange juice, milk, cereal, um, and so after we ran, we all had a team breakfast together, and the coaches were really trying to make sure that we were getting what we needed and recovering quickly. You know, helping to help our bodies recover after running. And when you say,
0: like, getting what you needed, did they talk about what that meant at
1: all? Yeah. I mean, they definitely focused on, um, it it wasn't like a nutrition class by any stretch of the means, but, um, our high school coach was also a health teacher. Okay. So he talked a lot about, um, getting fruits and vegetables and getting your grains and your dairies and having a well-balanced diet, um, I mean, he definitely focused on us in health class more than, yeah. <laughs> than he did at practice, um, but, you know, he, he was really good at making sure that um, we understood what it meant to, to get proper nutrition.
0: And when you got to college, did you have that as well with your coaches, or, or was it any different?
1: We didn't actually have that much. It, it wasn't something that we talked about as much in yeah. in college. Um You know, it definitely was in our discussions at the beginning of the season, and um, it was always talked about, but it wasn't something that was emphasized. Um, Training was really the bigger thing that was emphasized with the coaches,
0: and they didn't really talk that much about um,
1: food and what we should be doing.
0: And so you've been saying, like, talk about it as if it's like this this thing and everyone knows exactly what to talk about. What did they say? Did they talk about um, body image at all? They talk about how much food you had to eat um, or what different foods do?
1: I actually don't recall talking about it really much at all in college. Okay. uh,
0: Which is probably unusual now that I think back. (laughs) Actually, I don't think it is. I think a lot now, I think it would be, but I think, you know, 10, 20 years ago, like, nobody really talked about it in terms of how to fuel best for your sport. It was just more assumed you knew.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I was really lucky. Both my parents are nurses. Oh, wow. So (laughs) I grew up with parents that had a good concept of what, how to eat, and they taught us to eat a well-balanced diet. My parents always focused on, you know, when we had dinner, um, there was always a vegetable, there was always a protein, and there was always a carbohydrate. So every meal that we ate, we had those three items no matter what. Um, so my, my parents were good at that. So I felt like I had a good, um, balanced upbringing with my diet. Um, and it carried me through. I think that's why I was able to stay healthy throughout college. I had very few injuries that sidelined me and I was lucky. Um, I don't think that everyone got that same privilege to have, to have, um, you know, that background, that health, health science background in their family so that it kept them, um, you know, knowing what's best to eat.
0: Did you notice other athletes or your teammates having trouble um, eating enough or just, like, getting a lot of injuries? I can remember
1: having teammates that ate, like, chicken fingers and french fries for, like, every meal (laughs) in college. And some kids that did that, it really didn't seem to matter what they ate, and they still performed pretty well. Um, And some kids, it made a difference. You know, you could tell, like, you know, maybe if they would have eaten better They could have been better. Um, But it was hard to put your finger on, like, what was actually causing, you know, maybe injuries or what was causing, uh, what may have been causing the inconsistencies in those athletes.
0: What about eating disorders? Did any coach ever mention eating disorders?
1: Um, not really. (laughs) Uh, Not when I was, not when I was in college, it wasn't really something that was talked about. Um, I do recall having a teammate that, um, certainly had actually probably a couple of teammates that certainly you could tell had some issues, Right. whether it was a full blown eating disorder or it was just disordered eating. Yeah. Um, both, you know, You know, going through my, I I competed for five years in college because I got a master's degree, so I I had redshirted a year. So throughout my five years, I would say I had at least three or four teammates that clearly had something going on that you couldn't quite put your finger on, but whether they were just restricting their diets or um, not, uh, you know, or or actually full-blown like bulimia or something like that, like, but it wasn't really addressed
0: that much. So Um, no one ever talked to them or that you know of? you know, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, it's something that is often like hidden or people are like, I don't know if that's something that I should talk about. Like maybe that's their, their thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I often, you know, I wonder this and, you know, we had an excellent coach and he, he, he was really good at seeing what we needed emotionally and physically I think because at that time, like you're saying, it it wasn't talked about. Yeah. And there were male coaches. Yeah. So I think that the male coaches felt more like, how do I approach a female athlete with something going on? And they didn't. Um, I think it wasn't until I became an assistant coach where I started to, like, pick his brain a little bit more and be like, hey, do you notice this? This athlete is really lean and got really lean really fast. Yeah. Yeah. do you think there's an issue going on there? And it wasn't until I started to, you know, knock on the on the door a little bit more. Yourself, yeah. <laughs> Myself with being a female and being sensitive to body image, uh, it made me more aware of it. And uh, I think I helped them kind of see that there's there some issues that we needed to
0: address. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so the the statistics are that like one third of NCAA female athletes um, developed disordered eating of some kind. And that 24% of endurance sports, uh, women endurance sports have an eating disorder. Um, so that's crazy high for, for your sport um, and your age group that you work with. Um, what do you do as a coach? You're saying you're more sensitive maybe and you started noticing things.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I'm really aware of it. I know all, you know, I know all the signs. I'm, I'm pretty well educated now on like the signs to look for.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I've done a lot of research just myself personally yeah. and we actually have a registered dietitian that works with our team. Oh, awesome. So typically um, I will sit down with kids myself and and kind of talk to them one-on-one and just say Hey, you know, how's your diet? And start talking to them about that. And then I I encourage them to talk with our um, dietitian who works with us. And she's really the one that is really kind of getting into the nuts and bolts to see if right. there's really an issue with them. Yeah, um, I'm kind of the supporting actress on the. But side they line. know you. right? They do. And a lot of them will open up and be very honest with me, and uh, tell me flat out what the issues are. And and then I try to find ways to help them. Whether I suggest that they see a counselor. Whether I'm having them just see our team nutritionist, um, you know, or whether we're just talking about ways that they can go about it maybe in a better way, yeah, um, to figure out, you know, because sometimes you just have kids that aren't, you know, not, aren't full blown like eating disorders and don't really necessarily need a huge help, but they need just need guidance in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Well, even the, you mentioned like chicken fingers and fries <laughs> every day, like they might not feel good. No, it doesn't exactly. not necessarily about body image, but they just might not be feeling good.
1: Yeah, I mean, some kids, it's... It actually is pretty crazy for me to, to see the different diets that some kids come in with. And also just kids that come in where their parents have fed them what they're going to eat their entire life. And now they have to make the choice. And so when they come to college, they, they see, oh, wow, okay, I can pick from ice cream or a sandwich or soup or a salad. Like I have all these different selections and and they almost don't know what to do with that selection. And sometimes you see kids that kind of go off the deep end and they're eating ice cream for their meal instead of actually having a meal because they maybe didn't really have that growing up because they were, so I've had that, those cases too, where kids are just eating cake and ice cream for meals instead of eating like an actual meal, um, you know, maybe the, the parents were a bit micromanaging
0: with their their, their meals growing up. And, and sure. now with all this freedom, they just don't know how to handle it. So you um, mentioned that, you know, you did some research and, like, you're pretty good at picking up signs and symptoms. Can you give some advice to other coaches? Like, what to look for? And-
1: um, typically, you know, I, I – honestly, the easiest thing is you, you look for body changes. So, yeah. um, you know, if you, see, if you see sudden weight loss, if you see um, – to me, you know, if, if you're looking for all different types of eating disorders, you may be looking for spots in their teeth. For If you're looking for, like, bulimia, you may be looking for, um, you know, if their hands, um, if they're using their fingers, they're, they're going to get, like, spots in their hands. And they get, like, chapped. So they almost. get chapped hands, yeah. yeah. Um, their hair and nails not coming in as well. Oftentimes you'll see... Um, arm hair that grows longer than it should yeah. um, when, they're, when they're, you know, when they're not getting the nutrition they need. Uh, so there's a lot of little signs, but um, typically it's just looking at weight loss too. Um, I think in our sport, you see more of that than you'll see like the full-blown bulimia or stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And part of that, do you think it's because of a certain pressure to look a certain way in running? Um,
1: I think it's two different things. I, I definitely think body image is, is a big thing. And I think also it's a lot of girls are of the understanding that, oh, if I'm leaner, I can run faster. Yeah. If I'm lighter, I will run faster. Yeah. And so, and then when they see girls that are really light running fast, it just reinforces that. Of course. Yeah. So now they say, wow, oh, she's really lean and she's running really fast and I want to be that good. How do I do that? All right. Mm. I have to get lean. And so right. they look for ways to figure out how to get lean. Instead of, like, focusing on the training. Yeah. Um, and so – and then it just breaks down their bodies, and then they can't really focus on the training. And so I think that's more of the reason – I also think, you know, I was thinking about this a lot before um, you came in. And, and I think one of the reasons that it could be becoming more frequent is we have – social media that is now at our fingertips all the time and kids are constantly on their phone. And a lot of kids now, and I've I've read a few books about different, you know, how social media can be bad and how it really forces you to look at, you're seeing into everybody's lives and you're seeing the best parts of everybody's lives, but people are posting and comparing and they need validation and they're looking for all those things now and you know how many likes did I get on my social media? And let me put a yeah. selfie up. And and so you're looking more at body image, and you're you're comparing yourself more to others much quicker than you would, you know, ten years ago. Right. You know, when I, I when I went in college, I, it was only the girls I actually saw run that I could compare myself to. It wasn't yeah. people that I was watching online. It wasn't people that I was looking at on social media. So I didn't see, you know, most the most elite athletes unless I was at the race with them. Right. Um, so you're not seeing that, and now we have more technology at our fingertips, and it's creating. Now everybody's starting to see. Oh, this is what I need to do to yeah. get better.
0: And there's so many like, Instagram fitness people who like make their career um, being a some sort of fitness instructor, but like mostly on Instagram and. We don't we don't really know what their background is or like where their advice is coming from and people just eat that up because they're like they have hundreds of likes. I mean they must they must know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, how do you talk to your students and your your athletes about about this issue or about body image and, and nutrition?
1: So we at the beginning of the season, you know, we often talk. We ha- we bring in Dana White, who's our team nutritionist, right? And she uh, she goes through kind of what the dos and don'ts are for like uh, p- pre and post meals uh, for training, and we try yeah. to, we try to frame it in like we're fueling, yeah. And, and that's how I try to frame it with my team is. You're a finely tuned machine. You need to put the appropriate gas in it. Yeah, And yeah. if you're not doing that, then you're not going to be able to perform at the highest level that you need to. Right. So I try to frame it in that way that it's really important for you to put the right things in your body. And it's okay to let your body have snacks and treats that you like. Yeah. Like, like it's like okay to do that. It's important. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to micromanage their diets in any way, so I'm not, like, on top of them with their, with their diets. Yeah. Um... I definitely, like, when we have our meals together during our preseason periods or when we're out to dinner and stuff, I look around and I make comments to kids. I'm like, hey, where's your vegetables? Hey, you know. Um, so I'm – and I and I frame it the same way it was framed for me probably is I always look for where's your carb, where's your protein, where's your vegetable, yeah. you know, with most of your meals or where's your fruit. Um, and I tell the kids that. I'm like, you should be looking for all those. You want to have everything to be well balanced. Um we now are more geared towards testing for ferritin for our athletes okay. to make sure they're getting enough iron. Because anemia is probably such a big problem. Anemia is a big thing too. So we talk a little bit about that, um, about the types of foods that are iron rich that we can make sure that we're putting in our bodies. Um, but I really leave it up to Dana White to like giving them like, these are really good foods to be eating while you're training. These are good things to be eating when you finish up with like long run or you finish up with a workout. Right. Um and then we, you know, we try to reinforce
0: good eating habits. I try to model good eating habits when yeah. I'm around them. Well, I work with mostly kids um, as my as my patients. And, like, the number one thing to tell the parents is, like, if you don't eat that way, like, they're not going to eat that way. Right. So, for right. you, like, you're kind of their parent here.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm totally I, – I practice what I preach, you know. Yeah. I, I have my bowls of ice cream at night. I have my Oreos. Oh, yeah. I have the stuff that I like. I don't deprive myself. But um, – you can't do, you you, got to do everything in moderation and that's what it's about is like having moderation. And I always tell them if you're, it's the same thing I tell my kids at home. Like, if you eat all your dinner and you eat your vegetables, you can have a little dessert. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just not going out every night and having ice cream, you know, and making that a habit where you have to have your ice cream every night. Um, you want to make sure that it's it's a healthy balance where you're able to, like, give yourself those rewards and have those sweets, um, but also making sure you're eating stuff that's going to be highly nutritious, It's going to help your body recover. And just enough. And going to have enough calories in it, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, do you see like any new diets coming in that you never, you know, saw your students trying to do before? I don't know that it's new diets. You, you certainly see kids that they look to cut carbs here and there. Yeah. That um, was just wondering about, cause carbs are so
1: important for a runner. No, right? I see more fads and like the types of foods. So like, you know, c- kombucha is like a oh, huge yeah. thing now. So you <laughs> see some more of the like, kids, um, coming in with, with that. Um, kale is so big right now, so they're, you know, making kale chips, and I have, yeah. one of my girls had brought in brownies that were made with kale one day, <laughs> and it was like, well, this is great, though, like, they're having brownies, and it's got kale in it, so it was awesome. Um, so you do, I see more of those, like, fads where, where some things are really, are big. Uh, Brussels sprouts seem to be in right now. I don't yeah, amazing. really Brussels trendy. Sprouts.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> but They are delicious, good. though. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, for a little while, we were doing. We would. Uh, we have a, a GroupMe app in our phones, and we can all post pictures and we can post messages that everyone can see. And for a little while, we kind of were going back and forth with who was eating the best meals at dinner, and people were posting their pictures of their of what they eat or what they
0: cook for themselves at dinner. Do you, you ever see fun. a problem with that, like people feeling like guilty if they don't eat well, or? leading towards those
1: behaviors we didn't make it crazy we just did it here and there okay um you know it wasn't like everyone was posting their meals but we did it here and there and it was it was kind of like a friendly competition where um you know ooh, i had salmon with spinach and potatoes what did you guys have tonight and then someone else would post what they made and it was just kind of yeah showing and even some of the coaches were doing it too like showing that that they were cooking good meals for um so i don't think that that created any issues amongst the team. But you certainly have kids that are thinking about it all the time. And and that, you know, those are the kids that you really have to hone in on and make sure they're getting the support that they need outside of the team. And um, the kids that do, you know, that certainly, I I like to think that I've narrowed down like kids on the team that really have an issue. And when we pull them in, we try to point them in the direction of someone who has a really healthy eating habit and eating um, methods and say, Hey, you should really, Model yourself after so and so because they do a great job and uh, of refueling. And so, if you need someone to model after, you should certainly look at this person. And yeah, um, so I know you
0: mentioned like you look a lot for just losing weight, but I know you coach track too, right? Yep. And do you ever, you know, think about the not runners, like maybe the throwers or the um, you know, jumpers? Are they like are you looking at them too, not just for weight loss to try and be a better runner, but Just, I don't know, they're around all those other girls. Yeah,
1: I mean, my throwers definitely have, you know, they they worry about their body image. You know, I I hear them make comments a lot. Oh, I'll never be as skinny as a distance runner. No, you'll never be as skinny as a distance runner. I've got your body shape, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's so good to hear you say. Because I just (laughs) I was a thrower, and I remember being like, why am I like the big girl on the team, you know? And you're with all these tiny little, you know, two-milers all the time. right.
1: Uh, and we do have, uh, you know, a predominantly distance heavy team. Yeah. So um, our throwers, we have a small group of throwers. My throwers are fit, and and we talk about fitness. Yeah. Um, you know, so w- when we try to when we try to talk to to the team, we're, we're we're it's not just looking at like body size, you know. Right. We're looking at like their actual fitness, and even some of my throwers last year at the end of last year, we kind of got out of like doing our circuits, and we were we were just. Getting in our throes every day, and we mm-hmm. weren't doing as many circuits. And the girls were like, "We feel out of shape. We need to like do more. We need to add some more circuits again. We need to yeah. do some more med balls and some more plyo workouts." And so we were like, "Okay, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's keep that in the rotation um, at least once a week, so that you guys are feeling like you're keeping your fitness up." Yeah, it's um, feeling it, good. Yeah, and important. it makes them feel better. You know, they're feeling healthier. They're feeling feeling strong and feeling good about themselves. Um, but no, it definitely, it's, it's ever present. Yeah. I don't know how we can ever get rid of it. Yeah. Um, it's... Any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I mean, yeah. I try to just validate, when kids make comments, I try to just validate that they're beautiful in the way they are. Yeah. You know, and, and build up the, 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 the characteristics about them that make them special and make them good at what they do and that it's not about being the skinniest. It's not about being... Uh, it's, it's not about body image necessarily yeah. it's about what you can how contribute What are you team. doing
0: yeah in your sport
1: yeah and you know frankly for us we really look we look for individuals who are really benefiting our team and not only their athletic ability but in their personality yeah and what they can contribute we have kids that academically are superstars so we're looking at all different ways that they can contribute to being part of a team, and it's not always just about how well you can compete and how well you can do. Right. Um, so I, I think that helps just validate their role because yeah. not everyone can be the top in their event. Yeah, it's impossible. So <laughs> if you're the bottom, you know, at the bottom in your event, how do you make those kids feel important? And it's just trying to validate that everyone does have a role on our team, and it's the personalities that really make a team. And and trying to find ways to get the girls to value each other for more than just their performances. For sure. Um, Actually, sorry. (laughs) I like to talk. Keep going. (laughs) Um, So one of the things I put in the locker room this week was I put a, um, a poster board up that said one unique aspect about me. So I left that up there. It's been up since I think Tuesday. Okay. And at first, no one wrote anything on there. I wrote something first, so that it was just like a fun fact about me that maybe no one really knew about. Right. And they're what all starting that? to. <laughs> I used to work for the Department of Environmental Management. Oh, okay. And I we electroshocked fish. So. Oh it was, wow. <laughs>
0: <it was laughs> not, not what really, I was expecting. No,
1: and it wasn't. It's, it has no relation to body image or anything like that. But maybe I should have <laughs> put a fact like that. Um, but I, I just was, tr- I'm trying to get the team to share a piece of themselves that's outside of the team so that it's something that no one really knows about them. That's a, yeah. just, just something that's outside of
0: what we're Yeah, they're not only we're doing these day. runners or right. throwers or jumpers.
1: Right. So I, and, and they're all putting fun stuff up there. One of the girls was born with 12 fingers. I had no idea. Oh, wow. Did <laughs> so she put that up there. <laughs> Did and, she have
0: them like removed?
1: Yeah. I guess oh, okay, at, at okay. birth, if, I think it's called polydactyly. Okay. Um. She was so she was born with 12 fingers and she put that up there and I thought wow that's really great and a couple of girls put some really fun stuff up there one had acted, had produced, acted and um, had written, produced and acted in her own play and she she um, wrote that up there so they all put unique like little things about themselves that. I think it's good for each other to see. So I'm waiting. We haven't, only only a few of them have already put stuff up and I'm waiting and I'm encouraging them to continue to, yeah. but now they're all looking for like these amazing things about themselves that right. they can put up. So they're all kind of waiting to see what others put up. That's really cool. So, but yeah, it was just a little fun thing that we could do this week and
0: I'm going to try to look for little things like that to do throughout the season. Yeah. To really try to pull our team together. Um, I know that one thing, so I work in the high schools and one thing that we did recently was a mirror. Uh, we called it like the positivity mirror and you know something you put something on a sticky note on the mirror that like you would say to someone else when you see them or that you would want to hear when you look in the mirror instead of like the things we normally think um, when we look in the mirror which are all like these negative thoughts instead of you know how happy you are or how like prettier your smile is or just like things like that um, that you might want to hear or tell someone else
1: That's a great idea which is like cool. That. Yeah. We
0: need a new mirror in our locker room, too, so. <laughs> Good
1: time. <laughs> that could be a great thing to do <laughs> for when we come back from break. <laughs>
0: so I know you work with boys, too, right, in the fall?
1: Um, I typically, well, I, I do not any longer. Okay. Um Now we have a men's coach that took over for the program. Okay. Um, so, But I did for a long
0: time. For yeah. 10 years, I worked with the guys. So how do you talk to boys or men about this?
1: Uh, they. It's not as much of an issue with them. Yeah. Uh, rarely do you have guys that are really thinking about, how they look or how they eat. Honestly, the guys eat whatever. They're just hungry and they eat. It's okay. It's crazy. Um, occasionally, you do have a couple of guys. I feel like it's more performance-related than anything, though. Yeah, but um, they
0: can still become, you know, an eating disorder, disorder no, eating. No,
1: absolutely. We've definitely had some in the past that you could tell – they were trying to drop weight so that they could run faster, you know. Yeah. And they're 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 doing these crazy diets where they're not eating, you know, certain times a
0: day. Or yeah. Anything. The fat, the like six hours they're allowed to eat. It's a big one.
1: <laughs> the guys are really open about it, though. I feel like when we've had when we've had kids, like they're they're vocal about it. Too. Yeah. Like, oh well, I need to drop ten pounds. Like I'm I'm too heavy right now, and they're
0: they're they're so openly know.
1: talking about it. Yeah. Um, I haven't really had an issue where we've had someone that had any kind of severe were needed counseling or needed to mm-hmm. meet with a nutritionist. We definitely have guys that are interested in getting their diets better so, so that they can have better performances. Right. And those guys, you know, are interested in paying attention to what they're
0: eating. Yeah. But
1: guys just don't have that same, they don't, they're not really worried about their body
0: image at all. Yeah.
1: They're worried about how do I get faster? I want to be faster and I want to, I want to be a better
0: runner. And so they, they think about it very differently than women do. Yeah, I mean, so the the data is like nine percent of men in insurance, which is really high. When we think, like you're saying, well, I don't really know too many yeah. who've had it, um, but it does tend to happen, and it creeps in slower mm. than women. So often in, in girls, you'll see like the fast drop in weight, but in men, it can be years, right. where it's like they're cutting and cutting, and they become, you know, you see their muscles so pronounced, yeah, um, more and i think for them it's very underdiagnosed. Yeah, i could imagine that that would be an
1: issue. Yeah. Um, my husband was a runner as well. He was super lean.
0: But yeah. no, you know what?
1: he ate like no he ate like a horse. And sometimes that's just your body type. He was just crazy <laughs> lean, crazy lean. Yeah. And uh, you could see all his muscles and everything and uh It took him a while. I mean, it's not till now where he really started to put weight on. Yeah. Uh, And he hasn't run very much competitively in probably 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. So it took him a while to get, like, his, I call it man body. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And you always see those, like, high school cross-country boys who are just, like, like Super twigs skinny. yeah And yeah. you're just like i worry about your bones
1: yeah <laughs> but again i feel like they're they're in that development stage where yeah. they, their metabolisms are high and so they're high. running and when they're running it's just they're gonna drop weight so much easier yeah um we i would see it when guys would come in they you know come in from summer maybe they didn't train as much as they should have over the summer they'd come in the season they'd be like 10 pounds heavier and then by mm-hmm. the end of the season when they're training with their teammates they drop weight very quickly and yeah easily um so it's pretty amazing that. The difference you see between men and women yeah. where as you have other women that are trying to they're they know that they want to get a little leaner and they want to do it in a healthy way and they'll struggle with it and they'll, yeah. they'll cut their diets and they try to you know try to cut out like any junk or extra stuff that they don't need and just eat the healthy stuff and they still you know can't get to the ideal weight that they want to be at
0: or whatever they think the ideal ideal right. is right yeah
1: but you'll see it. Women struggle with it a lot more than men do. Yeah. For some reason, they
0: hang on to those calories more than men do. Yeah, they need it more <laughs> for you know their body to function. So maybe maybe that's why. But um, do you give any advice differently to your men or boys? Um, no. Honestly, I haven't had to address
1: it as much with with. It, or just with about eating has. in general. No, I mean we talk that we frame it in the same way. You okay. want to eat. You want to fuel to perform. Well, and right. the way to do that is you really need to be eating diets that are high, rich in rich in uh, fruits and vegetables, and iron and calcium. You want to get all those extra vitamins that you need. Yeah. Um, so we try to frame it in that same way. Yeah. I don't think I do it differently between the men and the women, but the women we just we definitely talk about, um, you know, not restricting themselves. Yeah. As much and making sure they're getting what their body actually needs and not making
0: themselves susceptible to injury. Right, that's so important. Um, especially, you'll be out the whole season. You
1: know? Yeah, no, it's you, I. We've seen it time and time again where you can keep them healthy for a season, and then they get injured because they're not treating their bodies the way they need to be, and then yeah. they
0: can't get themselves healthy for the next season. Right. So, if you could give one piece of advice to like an incoming freshman athlete, what would it be? It's a great question. I have to think about. It's a this tough for one. A <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I think it would be is don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing Right. and try to focus on what's important to you and keeping, keeping your diet balanced the way you feel it is. And if you need help with that, then reaching out and getting help but paying attention to what's best for you because what works for some person is not going to be what works for you. And I feel yeah. like too often we're comparing ourselves against each other and, you know, Sally over here might be able to eat, <laughs> you know – 5,500 5, calories, and the other one may only need 4,000, you know, right. so you're trying to compare, like, how come she can eat this, this, and the other thing, and, and I can't. Like, you you got to try to yeah. separate yourself, and I don't know if that would be the best advice, but that's a hard question. Yeah,
0: but no, I think that's really great, because we do, com- especially girls and women, like, compare themselves so much to each other, and it's like, there is no one meal plan for all women, so, you know, don't try to follow your neighbors, Um, but, so I'd like to end with one question, the same for every person who's on, because we talk about food a lot, but we don't talk about, you know, what we like best about food all the time. So I like to ask everyone what their favorite food is. Hmm. (laughs) Um. You don't have to have one, but just something you really like.
1: I mean, I enjoy
0: breakfast a lot.
1: Me too. (laughs) um, (laughs) I'm a, I'm the breakfast person. So even on like a Saturday and Sunday, Um, when I'm home with my kids in the morning, we try to go more all out for breakfast, whether we're doing waffles with whipped cream and fruit or, um, chocolate chip pancakes, or, um, I love omelets and bacon. And so I just, I like all breakfast foods. So that's kind of my go-to for stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of chocolate milk.
0: Yeah. I love it for
1: a recovery (laughs) drink too. It's got that perfect ratio. So we push the chocolate milk. In fact, um, our long runs on Sundays, um, typically, you know, at least during the cross country season, we try to bring in chocolate milk and bagels. So they oh, end that's their so run. Awesome. They end their run and they have to immediately have some chocolate milk and bagels. And so that's the one piece of my high school where you end your run and you have to have your breakfast. Um, <laughs> bring in that it here. we brought here. That you know, it is a really nice way. And honestly why, you know, a a nice thing about food and eating is it's social. It brings people together and it is a way of socializing. And um, so if we look at it more at that angle is – instead of focusing on the negative parts about food, yeah, yeah. that it's a social thing and it should it should be, you have to make it fun sometimes too.
0: Yeah, and I always tell people, you know, food, you know, although it is our fuel, it's also, you know, part of our culture and we use it to celebrate. So like, are you going to have a birthday without a cake? Like, I don't think so, even if it's not part of your perfect fueling, like diet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Uh, no is really informative. Awesome, no problem.